Charlie and Pat were a husband and wife from a church that I pastored a little while ago. And they are actually a couple that I thought of um, when I started to read through the scripture. I don't know if I was necessarily thinking of Tim and Jane, especially with the part where it said she was very old. I don't know if I necessarily was going there with that, but I was thinking of Charlie and Pat with this passage. They were a great couple. They were a great couple. They loved the church. They loved people. Uh, they were very involved, very, very involved in the church serving. Uh, I remember their faithfulness. I remember the prayers. Uh, their bless- the blessing that they were just to our family, but as well as to the church. Just a great uh, couple. They always seem to be putting themselves in a position to listen and to follow after God. They were people like some of the people that I'll say right here, Juanita Hoover is a name that probably some of us know here in this place, or Margaret Vardaman, or Stan and Evelyn Banker, even people in this room who listened well and followed after God. They are people who put themselves in a position to hear from the Lord, to dwell in Scripture, and to follow and obey what God was doing in their life. And so when we talk about people like that, and even those names that we mentioned, when we talk about people like that, we usually use the word uncommon or special or unique, above and beyond. One word we don't use when we describe people like that or even people like Simeon and Anna, one word we don't use is ordinary. We tend to not use the word ordinary when we describe people who dwell in and listen for the Spirit. We believe that it's only like a select few. We think that only a select few really can hear from the Lord, can hear the promptings of the Lord. And really, people like Simeon and Anna, even those that I just named, they were ordinary. Ordinary individuals who took time, who carved out space, who paused, and who listened for what the Spirit was doing. Simeon and Anna are presented to us not as extraordinary characters. They're presented as ordinary individuals who followed after God. Author Fred Craddock said that Simeon and Anna are presented as Israel in miniature, that they are the best, they are the devout, they are the obedient, they are the ones that are shown in constant prayer, the ones at home in the temple, longing for and hoping for the fulfillment of God's promises. They were what God wanted Israel to be. Now, if you know me, you know that I like movies. I do, I I like movies. And movies, if we think about it, movies are really just kind of like a snapshot of a narrative that is being told. Just a quick little two-hour snapshot of a narrative that's being told. More often than not, when we see these movies, we just get the snapshot, and it just kind of shows us this extraordinary plot with ordinary characters and this special, unique time frame. And that's what we have with Simeon and Anna. We don't actually get to see all the things that went on before the snapshot. We don't get to see all the things that Simeon and Anna were doing and how they were abiding in the Lord. All we get to kind of see is just this one little snapshot of Simeon being led to the temple, be taking hold of Christ. We get to see the snapshot of Anna being led and being into the temple and seeing this child and testifying to all who see. And at the end of all these snapshots, 
like Simeon and Anna, and even in movies, we always kind of end up, we always go like, oh, I want to be just like that character. I don't think there's a person in this room that wouldn't say, like, I don't want to be like, wouldn't want to be like Simeon and Anna. Who doesn't want to be led by the Spirit? Who doesn't want to just wake up in the morning and hear the Spirit say, hey, go here. And we do it, and we have this encounter with Christ. But what we don't see in the snapshot, just like in movies and in this passage, what we don't see is the obedience. We don't see the daily abiding. It was said, but we can pass by it. How long did Anna abide in the temple? How long? Ceaseless times of fasting and praying. We don't hear about all the times that Simeon actually probably got up, went to the temple, and did not take hold of the Messiah. How many times did he follow what the Spirit was leading him to do, and it didn't necessarily lead to some extraordinary encounter with Christ? What we have here is an ordinary encounter, or we have an ordinary event with an extraordinary encounter with Christ. You see, it was an ordinary ritual. What Jesus, when, when Mary and Joseph presented Jesus in the temple, it was an ordinary presentation. This was, this was following after the Mosaic law. A child was born, presented to the temple. It was an ordinary rite. Mary and Joseph were a good Jewish couple doing what the Mosaic law asked them to do, and they did it. They weren't looking at, like, well, we have the Messiah. We probably should go to the temple now. No, they were just following what they knew that they were supposed to be doing. Now, Simeon remembered the promises, but for Simeon, it was just an ordinary day. God's called me to go to the temple. To the temple I shall go. Ordinary ritual. Ordinary day from Simeon being led. He was moved by the Spirit, and he went to the temple courts. And this is one of the things, this is what I like about this passage. I like that what Simeon was saying here was um, he was moved, but it, this, is no, this is something normal. This is just a normal thing for him. He didn't just get up and say, yeah, you know what? I don't necessarily really feel like listening to the Spirit today. You know, for the last 50 years, I've not actually taken hold of the Messiah. And you know what? I don't think today is going to be the day. I know the Lord's saying that I should go to the temple, but you know what? Eh, not today. Today, I think I'm just going to kind of pass by. I've got other things I can do. Those are the things I can follow. For Simeon and Anna, they're listening, they're discerning, they're obeying, is what led them to take hold of Christ. They were in the presence of Christ. They were witnesses of the impact that Christ had. Simeon's song is a testimony, and Anna's declaration about Christ is what we all should strive for. This snapshot of an ordinary event with an extraordinary encounter with Christ is what we all want. It's what we all want. We all want to be like Simeon and Anna. We want to take hold of Christ. We want to be led by the Spirit and have this divine encounter. Because if we think about it, 
We all want the extraordinary encounter, but those happen in the ordinary events. The extraordinary encounters that we have happen in the day-to-day. So what does ordinary obedience look like? What does ordinary obedience look like? Because if we were to pause and maybe to kind of look at kind of the character development of Simeon and Anna, we can look at some of the things that they perhaps were practicing and even doing and showing us even in the snapshot what it is to have ordinary obedience, obeying God in the ordinary moments of time. See, that's what ordinary is. There's nothing glamorous about it. It's just the, it's the humdrum of the day. It's the normal things that we go about with. And that's what we're seeing here is that in the normal things that we go about with, we can encounter Christ. It's looking for Christ in the everyday. It's in the ordinary everyday moments that we find Christ. It's figuring out a way that we can take normal, ordinary things, our job, our life, our work, our family, our hobbies, and we can listen for and wait for and to see where God is at work. We all want to say yes to God in the big, but can we say yes to God in the ordinary? Tish Warren in her book, Liturgy of the Ordinary, said that God is forming us into a new people, and the place of that formation is in the small moments of today. God is making us into a new people, and where that takes place is in the moments that we often don't look for. Do we look for God in the beginning of the day, in the quiet when we get ready? Are we looking for God in the middle of the day, amongst the, amongst the rush? Do we look for God at the end of the day, or drawing near and finishing of the day in the scramble? Do we look for God in the pausing as we finish the day before we go to bed? Are we looking for God in the ordinary? Simeon remembered. So it's not just looking for Christ, but it's also remembering. Simeon remembered that God had told him that he would take hold of the Messiah. And for how long was he waiting to do that? How long was he waiting to take hold of that promise? It's possible that Simeon could have even, you know, like I said, he could have got a gut up from that day that go to the temple and the Lord said, go to the temple. He's like, no, I don't really want to. You have yet to deliver on this promise. Why should I go to the temple? Why is today going to be any different? We don't see that. What we have is an individual who's trusting in God that if God said it, he will deliver. There was a lady who, she's since moved away from the church, but one day I was talking with her and visiting with her, and she was showing me her prayer notebook. And I mean, it was this giant three-ring binder of a notebook, and she was showing me all the different people that, people she was praying for, missionaries she was praying for, organizations that she was praying for, and she was showing me, this is, this is how I'm praying. And then we flipped over, and I think she either, she pointed out, I don't remember how it was, but she pointed out this, pointed out this sheet, and that's what this was. And she said, well, those are, all the, those are all the answers to prayer. 
Those are all, I write down not just the request, but she goes, I write down all the ways in which God has promised, and I write down how he's actually delivered. So not only is she writing down the request, but she's writing down the promises of God's fulfillment of those things. How often do we take hold and remember God's promises? Simeon remembered. He remembered what the Spirit had told him. And he held on to that promise of, be, of being able to see the Messiah like a kid with a brand new Christmas toy. For Simeon, the promises of God were the very foundation of his getting up. He held on to the promises. It allowed him to not veer to the left or to the right. Those promises are what allowed him to just stay on that straight and narrow. Those promises were allowed him to get up in the morning and to actually go to the temple when the Spirit led him. For Anna, it was the devotion. It was her devotion to constantly be abiding in what God would have for her to do. What else, what else does ordinary obedience look like? Ordinary obedience is listening for the Spirit. It's putting ourselves in a position to listen for the Spirit. Now, some of this might sound familiar, but it's a good reminder as we step into the new year. Are we putting ourselves in a posture to listen? Are we putting ourselves in a posture to Scripture, to recall God's promises? Are we putting ourselves in a position to follow after and obey? Another thing that I liked about this story is I love the generational interaction that's happening in this passage. I love the blessing that Simeon spoke about. I love the bragging that Anna was doing on Christ. I mean, her blessing was not just the standard, you know, kind of like, oh, your baby's so cute. This wasn't a blessing of like, let me quickly find something nice to say about your, oh, I like those clothes. No, this blessing was the kind of blessing that only a grandmother can really talk about when she's looking at her grandkids. It's the kind of bragging that not only do you walk away feeling proud, but you walk away feeling encouraged after you've been, you actually see this. That's what Anna was doing. Anna was telling everybody about what she saw in the temple. Anna was testifying and sharing with all that Christ was for all. Anna did what we all can do. Anna was looking to find where is Christ showing up? Where is Christ showing up? And who can I tell other people about? Where around us is Christ showing up? What work is he inviting us to testify about? Who in our everyday interaction needs to hear about Christ? Who in our everyday interaction is showing us Christ? And how do we take hold of that? We don't necessarily need to dismantle and start from scratch all the different things about that. What we need to simply do is look at our everyday, our ordinary everyday encounters and take hold of Christ.
So we're stepping into this new year. It's the first Sunday of Christmas, and we're stepping into this new year, and we all kind of look at um, promises and goals, ways that we can kind of start fresh, start anew. Everyone's got their New Year's resolution. Ways of our resolution for this coming year was simply to see Christ in the everyday. Wins of our New Year's resolution was not necessarily some big, huge goal that's going to rearrange our whole entire life. Wins of our New Year's resolution was to simply see Christ in the everyday. If we made it a point to listen for, to follow, and go after Christ, not necessarily in the big things, but in the ordinary moments. Because we never know what we'll miss if we don't go after it. The other thing that I think would be important for us as we go into this new year is to remember the promises of God. Remember the things that God said to us. Remember his promises. That's what Simeon did. It's what Anna did. And it's what we can do. Promises like this. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed. But the Lord's steadfast love shall not depart from us. His covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord. He has compassion on us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. Therefore, he continues his faithfulness to us. Or this promise, that there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ has set us free from the law of sin and of death. We have heard of this hope before, the word, before in the word of truth, the gospel that has come to us. Just as it is bearing fruit and growing in the whole world, so it has been bearing fruit among us from the day we have heard it and truly comprehended the grace of God. Or this promise. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. Or this. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace into which now we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. <laughs>